0: Oh and we're Sorry. live well to the podcast Comitics Pips Pips um mm, 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 mm. podcast right have you got the questions have you got the post i've
1: got the questions
0: i've got yeah i've post. got the post up um okay what one did i want to discuss getting there's a couple of talking points that we're going to go over as Good. well. Uh um, yeah. Okay, let's just start with the questions from the post there.
1: Cool. Right. Number one from Claire. Uh, I, wear, I weigh daily. I fluctuate massively day to day. E.g. today I was two pounds more than yesterday. As worked out last night and had quite a high sodium meal, I guess. When we check in and answer our weight loss so far, do we base that on the weight we were that morning? Our lowest weight that week, or the average weight for the week?
0: We base it on your lowest weight that week, because fluctuations yep. are absolutely inevitable. In fact, two pounds isn't a huge fluctuation. Like it's, it's,
1: it's a good, po- it's a good poo.
0: It's a good poo, but I mean, <laughs> it could be a bit of food volume. It could be, you know, a bit of water. It could be um, some glycogen in your muscle. Like there'll be a combination of things, but it's definitely not like anything to worry about and it's totally normal to fluctuate by two pounds throughout the day anyway so yeah that's totally fine we take your lowest weight because as you know fluctuations happen and it gives us a better marker of where you actually are as opposed to just how much you fluctuate which is quite variable person to person some people are quite consistent and they they don't fluctuate very much but other people fluctuate massively but doesn't mean they're not losing body fat
1: yeah Um, already on your list from Kat I think but I'd really like to know more about when to move from fat loss to muscle building
0: okay wait I'm going to get this post up if I can find it so basically this was Kat asking about um, moving from oh what's Hannah just posted
1: I don't know I'm not allowed to read it because I'm male
0: oh oh (laughs) Uh, Okay, so she says Trying to get my head around something So please bear with me and my ramble But I can't get out of the headspace That I'm being a fraudster My background is I've lost three stone of weight this year And around four months ago I went into a hypertrophy phase On what was probably about maintenance calories When lockdown 2.0 was on the horizon I thought it would be a good idea To go into fat loss again And rejoin a group Um, since being here in Commit to Six, I've lost a few pounds, which is great, but I've been looking closely at my body and I definitely have more fat to lose. My question, I guess, is, was I wasting my time on hypertrophy when I had fat to lose? Was I kidding myself? Can you only really build muscle when all the fat is gone? And, um, does anyone else feel the same? So I think a lot of people feel the same because that seemed to resonate with a lot of people. Um, I'll just briefly for the sake of the podcast and people who haven't actually seen the post um I responded just saying like no you're absolutely not a fraudster if you want to build muscle um and you have some fat still to lose Or the thing I think there's so many layers to this question like who's to say you still have fat to lose like where is this definitive line where you think oh I still got fat to lose now I don't have fat to lose like exactly how lean i need to be that's point one the second point is being lean is like being very lean is not good for building muscle like you will not build muscle when you're very lean and actually dieting tends to result in some lean muscle loss so when you're very lean you're much more likely to lose lean mass as opposed to build lean mass so no you absolutely don't have to get very lean to then build muscle and i think this is a weird concept that a lot of people do it's like it especially happens when you're maybe like within five pounds of being like quite lean, or like the quote unquote end of your diet, yeah. or some goal weight that you have in your head, and then you're like, oh well, I'm pretty much ready to move to hypertrophy, or I'm pretty much ready to bring my calories up to maintenance, but I just want to lose this last five pounds first. Or it's the five
1: even... pounds out. The five pound freak out. It's people don't really. <sighs> It's not that they don't understand it. It's difficult for them to get their head round flipping from what they've been doing. A lot of people have been trying to lose weight for a long, long time, and it's it's flipping things on its head and trying to get somebody to com- do the complete opposite to what they have been for however many years they've been dieting and trying to cut back on body fat. So it's going to be very difficult to get somebody to change their mind. You know, it's the same thing as. You know, put it in sporting terms, you know, trying to get somebody who's a massive fan of rugby to like football. You know, it's it's a completely opposite it's, it's opposite ends of the scale. And to try and change somebody's mindset over from that is gonna take a bit of it's gonna take a bit of cajoling. But yeah, a bit the, the of what? Cajoling.
0: Oh, I, yeah, I don't yeah, think yeah. I've heard that word before.
1: A little bit of a little bit of um a little bit of cajoling along. A little bit of
0: je ne sais quoi. I do exactly. you know what I think that is one of the issues though, is that people are in this headspace where it's a completely different thing, like oh I've gone from fat loss now to hypertrophy. Actually all Kat did was go from fat loss to maintenance and focus on gym yeah. performance for a while. It doesn't have to be this massive shift of I want to lose as much weight as possible to I wanna build as much muscle as possible. It can just be... Okay, we're going to increase your calories a little bit so that it's maintainable. We're not going to focus on weight loss. We're going to try and maintain your weight. And we're going to try and do some body recomposition. So we're going to try and build some muscle at the weight that you're at. And I think what most women especially are scared of is this bulking idea. It's the
1: extra extra calories.
0: Yeah, when you need to be in this massive surplus. When actually, one, it's so slow for us to build muscle actually that surplus is never going to go solely towards building muscle so if you're in a huge calorie surplus it's going to have no more benefit to building muscle than if you were in a quite a small calorie surplus
1: or in as you said in many cases just hitting maintenance again you know it's as simple as that you know hitting maintenance your body will be able to give to assign the calories to help build muscle you know that those extra and I i think you're right though i think it's i think it is that thought of oh, my God, I need to start eating like 500 calories a day extra. No, 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 no. Like, we're not going to swing like a 1,000-calorie turnaround overnight. That's not going to happen, you know. That's just – I think it's it's that freak out of, oh, my God, it's, you know, I've lost all this weight, but if I start eating a huge surplus, I'm going to put it all back on. And if you ate in a surplus that most people think that they should be for gaining muscle, you probably would put all that weight back on. But that's not where you need to be. You know, small increments, building it in day, week by week, and just keeping keeping it slow and steady. That's the main things.
0: Yeah, up to maintenance, and then potentially a little increase. Um, yeah. The other point to make, which I like, resonates quite well with me. I think because I like numbers, but this was. Lyle McDonald came up with a couple of numbers and it was basically, he's he's tried to calculate roughly how much muscle mass potential you have to build over certain periods of time. Now, for women, it might be like, if you're not totally new to resistance training, it might be like a pound of muscle a year or okay, maybe a little bit more than that. Let's say it's like three pounds a year. But anyway, when you break it down, it ends up like being a calorie surplus of something ridiculous, like 50 calories a day. Yeah. Extra. So it's, it's not, not you don't need to be in this huge surplus. Um, so that's the first point. And then uh, secondly, just from the way this is written, it's almost like, and I know that a lot of people feel this way, that you need to have achieved fat loss before you have the right to have any other goal. Like you can come to us being quite overweight and saying, I just want to get strong. I don't really mind about my weight. We We're not here to like enforce goals on you or say no you're not ready for hypertrophy yet you need to lose fat first like that isn't how it works like, you come to yeah. us with your goals and if you decide i'm happy with my physique at the moment but i'd like to build some strength great
1: we c- we cater those goals
0: yeah and the thing is with cat as well she's in a healthy weight range right and i think people get so oh i think i need to lose more muscle i mean, lose more fat before i build muscle you don't if you're in a healthy weight range which like a healthy body fat range which by the way is very is quite large i think people think there's like a healthy weight and it's exactly x or there's a healthy body fat and it's exactly 20 percent or whatever it is no that is that there's a big range here if you're anywhere in that range in which you will fluctuate throughout the weeks and months anyway like everyone's going to fluctuate ideally within that Quite big grey area. Anywhere within there, absolutely fine.
1: Yeah, hundred percent.
0: Um. Okay, so that that was that. I think we've covered that's, that.
1: That's a good question as well. I like that one. Um. Okay, from Emma. Uh, hello, loving committed to Great sex. name. The group is fab and the advice is just spot on. Uh, questions for podcast. Move from a fat loss phase into building strength, while wanting to stay leanish, not hypertrophy necessarily, because I don't want to eat in a surplus and gain weight. Revert back to the last question that answers you that. you know what? I'm going to take stress. a little bit of
0: responsibility for this, or slash blame it on Chloe a little bit. But when we speak on the EC <laughs> method, she very much talks about changing lanes from fat loss yep. to hypertrophy, as if they're so distinctly different, and they're really, really, really not. Like, for yeah. example. Your training might not even really change. The only real changes is you might eat a little bit more. That's, that is literally it. You're probably not even going to increase your protein because in a <coughs> dieting phase, it's very important to have high protein anyway. God bless you, Andy. Yep. And Excuse me, where? You'd probably just increase those calories with some extra carbs or something. Like Probably the only change you're going to have to make is that. So there's not this big distinction between, oh, I'm sitting at maintenance, I'm not in hypertrophy, or I am in hypertrophy, so I need to be in a huge surplus and I think yeah I know that I'm maybe being a bit pedantic about this but that's gonna help the fear around this bulking mentality or the fear around putting on too much weight or reversing your fat loss results
1: yeah I think it's it is it's a um as you say you know it's not it's something that I think people have polarize towards so they think it's either one extreme or the other they don't realize that there's like a a real nice sort of medium line where you can sit and sort of bounce between two and it's not a huge difference between the two um and just playing around with it rather than but i think it is it's something that a lot of people will stress about because it you know headwise it is a potentially is a massive change um but in an actual, an actual fact, and like as the calories go, it's as it's it's like as Lyle popped up, it's tiny. Like 50 calories, what's 50 calories?
0: Yeah, half an apple. Mm. Yeah,
1: exactly. That's it. Totally, totally. Um, Nicola
0: um, had a really good uh, comment on this. Nicola Dal. She said, um, "I don't really have any proper advice on this, but I just wanted to say that you can have whatever goal you want and not feel anything negative about it." I'm not increasing my calorie... Oh, sorry. <laughs> I'm now increasing calories and training more consistently, and I constantly remind myself that I'm not just here to constantly get smaller. A frickin' men. The goal shouldn't Ooh. be to shrink ourselves and also take comfort knowing that because of the coaches and this group, I now know how to lose fat. So if at any point I'm uncomfortable, I just go back to it. Yes, that's exactly that's, it. It's like that's there's exactly- no then you've taken away the fear of putting on this body fat, because yeah, okay, do you know what? Body fat is a changeable thing. That's what yeah. we're all doing. And at any point like throughout your life, it will fluctuate. But you have control over that, because you have the knowledge, and you can apply that knowledge. And you've got the support from us to do that. So if, worst case scenario in Cat's situation, she put on a little bit of body fat, then we think, oh, okay, that wasn't the goal, actually, or we want to rein that in a little bit. Cool, we'll We'll cut your calories back a little bit or we'll increase your expenditure a little bit.
1: Yeah.
0: Fine. And because you're checking in at least every two weeks, that means that you're never going to go far off track because you will have a check-in and then we'll amend anything that needs amending.
1: That's it. So Emma's question coming through here is, uh, in a modest deficit, as I have PCOS and uh, quite high activity levels, question one, Can you build strength whilst staying lean? Question two, what are the differences between strength training and hypertrophy training? Is it rep ranges volume? And three, how can you strength train, e.g. powerlifting at home while gyms are closed? E.g. I can deadlift quite a lot but only have access to weights equivalent to 50% of my one rep max. Sorry for all the questions. Never apologize for all the questions.
0: You've come to the right place for questions. We love questions. I will exactly. say we did go over strength versus hypertrophy quite a lot in the last podcast. So I would go back and go catch back up, to that but catch up on run that. Over them quite,
1: run over them quite quickly. You can build strength while staying lean. You just need to look at powerlifters, um, Olympic weightlifters at weight categories who are ridiculously strong and ridiculously tiny in weight. You can build strength whilst you're staying lean. Um number two, the differences between strength training and hypert- hypertrophy. Is generally do you know what i get asked
0: quite a lot of my stories which i never reply to because how just, do you say it yeah they say hypertrophy or hypertrophy and then sometimes i'm like i'm not actually sure what i say i think i, I say I both at different times <laughs>
1: i'm mixed between the two as well i'm like yeah it depends on what day it is but i'm also like been...
0: why do you care like genuinely quite a lot of people ask that I'm like
1: yeah. I used the word cajole today, so I might as well use hypertrophy because it I didn't sounds know like... who
0: you are today. You're <laughs> more um, eloquent than I am today.
1: I'm actually very eloquent. I just don't really show it very often. <laughs> um Differences between strength and hypertrophy. Generally strength work is um lower range reps, so ones, twos, threes, um, and a lot of, a bit more rest in between sets potentially sort of 3 to 5 sets on on exercises hypertrophy you're looking at probably higher volume um higher volume um for your rep ranges so sort of 10s 8s 10s 12s 15s 20s potentially um and that's kind of really where you would look at there um and how can you strength train at home whilst the gyms are closed you just need to make do with what you've got, you know, whether that be working with 50% of your one rep max and doing a bit more volume, you know, the volume's still going to help you get strong. You know, there's no, they all, they all mesh up strength and hypertrophy aren't independent of each other. They work together. This is why you see bodybuilders who have got like bodybuilders who potentially assist them, but have humongous 12 rep, like 12 rep range, like benches and stuff like that. Because, strength, you know,
0: hypertrophy, and testosterone all mixed. <gasps> what was that, that thing you posted about?
1: Oh, so this absolute. I don't know if anybody's. Don't know if anybody saw this, but the the British cycling doctor, who is currently up in, I don't know if it's a court or if it's an inquiry at the moment about the potentially handing over testosterone to cyclists, was
0: including it some women.
1: We can. We, I don't know if we can say that he apparently took Wait, a. Well, we paper- don't
0: want to get the podcast removed
1: because you know, you know they were apparently being handed brown paper bags filled with things that nobody's wanting to speak about. So, a sports medicine doctor claims that he did know, not know that testosterone, the benefits of testosterone, was sports and performance enhancement, like. What kind of fucking doctor are you if you class yourself as a sports medicine I think doctor? The
0: general population know that, right? Everybody it's like... knows
1: that. Like, genuinely, like everybody knows that. And that's just one of those ones where you just sit and go, you are talking absolute pish, mate. Do you
0: think it's like, I imagine that it's like he's spoken to his lawyer and he's like, there's absolutely no way around this apart from you just to say you had no idea what that was?
1: Do you know what? He would uh, probably have been better saying nothing. Just went, Yeah. I'm not commenting on that. I've
0: just, actually see, lost my voice.
1: <laughs> yeah, I don't know what that is because I bet you fiver anybody in that inquiry just turned and went, Me, you're talking shit. That's like that's like rule number one. Testosterone equals performance enhancement. That's, that's simple. Yeah. But yeah. Always fun. Um Katie Williams, uh No question, but just wanted to say thanks, guys. I'm finding this plan so educational and helpful. Not had a food binge for two weeks now, which is a massive thing for me. Still enjoying wine at the weekends and eating so much more conscientiously. Feeling fab and love the group. Thank you so much.
0: Aw, that's great.
1: Thank you for getting involved and sort of being... Because I know Katie does put quite a lot of stuff up in the group. So, you know, that's the, the beauty of the group is that everybody's so interactive with each other. And, you know, we... We will get to the point where we do get to be able to answer some questions, but some of the answers that some of the other guys put up, we don't need to answer anything else because they've nailed it down. So,
0: And um, also, like, you know, however many in the group, like 80 to 100 odd minds are way better than one, especially with yeah. things like I put the protein post up yesterday, asking for suggestions. Like What I yep. can think of in my tiny head is way less than what obviously what everyone's going to be thinking about so get yeah. even just like sharing ideas and getting ideas of how to do different workouts in lockdown or protein because that that did seem the to come up quite a lot stuff. like people are struggling a little bit to get in enough protein so look for that post and guys if you're ever looking for something in the group you're like oh andy posted something and i'm sure he was talking about press-ups or something just go to the search function and put in press ups or put in post, you know, Andy and it'll come up with all the posts from Andy. Like that's how I just found cats. So you just put in cat and it comes up with that. Or if you remember the word. So if you want to go look at that protein post now, put in protein Emma. because so it came from yep. me and it should come up and then you'll be able to see it.
1: Check my technology there.
0: <laughs> I think we can agree. I'm not the most tech savvy. <laughs> Which um, also reminds me, if anyone's not had their check-ins and they're on Commit to Six, message me. Commit to yep. Six or Committed. No, sorry, not Committed. That's Wednesday. Commit to Six or Commit to Six. Lockdown 2.0. Um, I have a question. Go, go, go. How important is metabolism? I know the goal now is to lose weight. So to keep calories down, I skip breakfast. But there are But are there long-term effects on this? also interested to hear more about two things you mentioned yesterday okay let's start with the metabolism so metabolism is very important but I think you're you've maybe read the myth about the fact that you need to keep eating frequently in order to keep the metabolic fire burning I think is what most people where <laughs> that myth comes from and that's completely not true so your metabolism will keep going throughout the day, no matter when you're eating or not. Yeah. So we don't need to worry about that. So the other thing um low carb in assisting with weight loss, what does this mean? Cut out carbs entirely. So the study I was talking about yesterday was, was 50 grams? Yeah. No, it was a hundred. It wasn't it was, it was yeah, it was below hundred. So it wasn't like some people go very low carb so it was lower carb diet which and with yeah, 100 like grams you can, can still get all. in your fruit and veg which is normally my gripe with low carb diets that yeah that, that they're so low carb that actually you can't really eat any fruit which is not cool yes. um and and so she's sort of going on say, and also how your body responds to being in a deficit by lowering expenditure slash burning less calories i'm finding i am burning way less calories in workouts according to my watch which of course is not the be-all and end-all but wondered if this could have something to do with it okay not interested in the watch at all that don't worry about that so what i was talking about yesterday was that as you so your body's very clever and as you give it less energy it will do all it can to expend less energy now some people and this is where actually quite a large genetic component comes into how hard it is for someone to lose weight is that some people will respond to reduced energy intake by really reducing their energy expenditure and other people don't really have that response and actually that would have been in previous times like a trait that would be advantageous so it's probably why it's been passed on so if you if there wasn't much food available and you were able to preserve as much energy as possible, that means you're going to live longer. Whereas yeah. someone who stays quite, you know, like I probably don't have that strong a response to that, but I probably would have died out hundreds of years ago. So, you know, you win some, you lose some. But in this environment, it's not particularly helpful to have that almost like a bit of a starvation response. Um, what was I going to say about that? Uh and i the thing is now we can sort of track that to an extent so we can that's why we get you to track your steps is that that's quite a crude marker of your energy expenditure so when people weren't tracking their steps and we're only really talking in the last sort of 10 years that fitbits have become quite um common and people actually track their steps while they're dieting you would often get people put on like the same diet sticking to the same diet and wondering why they weren't losing weight. And it was because they'd reduced their energy expenditure to the extent that they'd negated their whole deficit. And I think, like I speak about like this a lot and we've gone over this numerous times, but it's still so easy to forget that you can completely negate your deficit by moving less. And a lot of people will, if you don't track that, that's why we're like 12,000 steps, Get make sure that you hit your step target. And that's so important. If you're not tracking your steps, we don't know that by affecting one side of the energy balance equation by having you eat less, we've actually not just affected the other side and having you move less, meaning that you actually the equilibrium is the same and you don't lose any weight. And despite trying your absolute best and sticking to everything, which is so demoralizing for people, oh, I've completely sucked my diet. It's been hard, but I've done it. I'm not getting results because I've started moving less. Yeah okay i think we've covered that we've got more on the
1: yes um jenny hey sorry this is a bit of a long one coming up to the fourth week of commit to six my calorie targets 1500 calories in week one i ended up averaging at 16 after going over calories at the weekend but for the last few weeks i've managed to get back on track Uh, i've been consistently eating between 13 and 1600 calories a day to meet a 1500 coverage for the week I hit my protein target each day, working out five to six times a week and averaging 17,000 steps, and I've lost 1.5 kilos so far. My worry is that since starting, I've felt incredibly hungry all of the time, and although some weight is coming off, it doesn't feel very sustainable, given how much of a struggle it feels. The first week I blame my hormones, but since then it feels like all I can think about is food. I'm eating fruit or veg with each meal, but nothing seems to satisfy my appetite. Just wondering if there were any other tips and tricks I might be missing or if it will get easier as my body gets used to functioning at 1500 calories. I know there could be an option to increase calories, but I do have a fair bit of weight to lose and ideally don't want to slow progress.
0: Oh, great question um well firstly well done for sticking to it despite feeling a little bit hungry well a little bit that sounds patronizing despite being very hungry oh, <laughs> despite, oh. um what did she say her protein was fine Did she? she's was,
1: nailing her protein yeah
0: yeah nailing protein getting fruit and veg in with every meal they're kind of the yep. big ones for hunger and then there are like little tips and tricks which i wouldn't want you to rely on yeah, but more things well, like you know yeah. having a can of coke or a can of diet coke here and there can reduce hunger. Um, black coffee, chewing so maybe, gum. Sp-
1: yeah, spreading your maybe spreading your meals out a bit better as well. You know, getting them. So if you're well, I mean your... yes
0: and no, like it's weird, isn't it? Because yeah, spreading your it's... meals out, yes, but then also not spreading your meals out potentially yes. And by yeah. that I mean like sometimes spreading your meals out is really useful, and and sometimes people are like. Oh as soon as I started as soon as I added in a meal and I had four a day instead of three amazing I could stick to it easily whereas other people are like as soon as I took out a meal and I really just had two big meals and a snack that really worked for me so yeah I would Andy's re- right like play around with that the other thing I would quite like you to do is and Jenny does this quite a lot is um post a day's food in like a little collage uh, just so we can see like your portion sizes, because are you saying, Oh, I've got I have some veg with a meal, but it's like one lettuce leaf or something? Or are yeah. you really bulking out those meals so that you're getting some food volume in there? So I'd I'd like to see the food volume. So if you could post a picture of a standard day, that would be awesome. Excellent.
1: Excellent. Um from dan Uh, this has probably been discussed a million and one times in the past but i'm finding 150 grams of protein a bit of a slog every day if this has been answered on a different podcast perhaps you could maybe point me to it what are your tips and tricks on this i find protein bars shakes yogurts a bit samey after a while i know 150 grams is probably at the higher end of what you recommend you to my overall calorie target i'm minded to go towards snacks like biltong which may make it easier Protein is always the hardest macro to nail down. I think it's one of those ones where you will genuinely have to put much more thought into what you're doing. Carbs and fats are so simple. You can pretty much pick up anything and it's jammed. Like you could go and I could dive into the kitchen now and find something that's carb carb heavy, fat heavy, but I would probably have to go and have a look. Like because, obviously because I know what I'm looking for, um, I'd probably be able to find something. Like I've always got a good stock of eggs um, on hand um but, oh, do
0: you know what I'm really upset about is I'm going to have my lunch after this poached eggs and I only have one.
1: Oh man really... I would open my fridge and show you but I've got 12 and I think oh. it would just rub it in <laughs> there's nothing worse than a single solitary egg yeah, know, the like, more, is, it, is there the even point making
0: it? Like, is that a waste <laughs> of hot water? it takes
1: more effort to make it than it does just to look at it and go I'll just put it in a shake and drink it so that but, yeah, the, the biggest sad. issue with protein, as you say, like little simple tips in, that I usually give for clients is maybe bulking out your meals a bit more. So, like, rather than 100 grams of chicken, maybe put 150 grams of chicken. Add Increase your portion size of protein at your dinner times. Adding in your snacks, like biltong, probably a good idea. But at the same point, you have to be aware that um is probably quite high. It's quite a high fat content as well. So you just need to make sure that you don't sc- screw out your calories f- by adding something in that overruns your overruns your calories elsewhere, um, say protein shakes, bars, etc. You know it's not something that you want to rely on, but there are some really good options out there for them. Um, you know, and then things like you, know, you he's obviously already been trying the sort of protein shakes, bars, and yogurts, etc it's for me i would probably just look at him getting to bulk out his his major protein sources at dinner time at his main meals
0: yeah i would agree i think bulking out those meals i'll also go look at that post because there's loads of great suggestions of different protein that you might not have thought of as a source of protein on there yeah um trying to think of anything else no i think i think um I think one one point is you're like, oh, it gets a bit samesy eating, I don't know, like the protein yogurts or something. And to be honest, some part, like if you want to get results, most most of diet and fitness is a little bit monotonous and you kind of just have to do it. Like it isn't that exciting eating a yogurt before bed every night, but will it get you better results? Yeah, probably.
1: Routines probably one of the best for nutrition. Certainly for adherence, r- routine for me is always one of the easiest things to put in place because people know exactly what they're doing. They're not going to have to. They don't have to think about going off the track and finding something else if they know exactly what they're doing, exactly what they're eating. Yes, it can. But you know, that's simple things like you know, work, finding different ways to season if you're a meat eater. Finding different ways to season meats. You know, using a different like different herbs and spices. You know, even as a vegetarian or a vegan, you know, I'm pretty sure there are different ways that you can sort of spice things like tofu, etc. Too. Um, So you know, it's it's maybe about things about maybe trying to change the taste of things um, and make them a bit more palatable for what you're what you're trying to do. Next question, Rona. How important are ab workouts? Is it okay to maybe do one or two ab sets at the end of the occasional workout or out? Or should I be focusing on abs once a week? I engage my core while doing all exercises anyway, so is that enough?
0: Um, I don't think you need to do a whole ab workout. I think adding in an exercise at the end of the workout, fine. I mean, there are abs in the workouts anyway, like core movements or movements that are going to work your core anyway. You don't need to do a full one, like a full session dedicated to it um yeah i i think little and often is probably better as well so like yeah at the end of your workout you do two or three core exercises in a little circuit which is usually what we've programmed something similar to that anyway and that's that's more than enough
1: yeah i quite like chucking stuff in sort of like a little superset so if i'm doing like a little bit of arms biceps maybe do like if i'm doing bicep curls or maybe chucking like some leg lifts or some hanging leg raises amongst it so you're using your rest time for abs just means that you're cutting out less time you're not having to f- focus on focus on it once for one session
0: very productive
1: yes okay mandy hi i'm not a vegetarian but i'm not a big fan of chicken or meat and i and i too am struggling to match my protein levels i've averaged 60 to 70 over the last 10 days i'd love some ideas that are not too calorific um Pop onto that protein post that yeah. uh, Emma put up. Take a look at that. Um, there's lots and lots of really good options in there. And if it but if it doesn't make any sense, ping us another question and we can definitely answer that at different another point. Yeah. Um, Taran, um, this was a question that was a, I actually really like this question. I think you popped this up as that you said that you'd like to hear the thoughts of Shona and myself as well. Um, Em, I'd love to know from you, we do similar jobs. How do you keep your energy up in your personal life and your desire to exercise when you're giving out so much to clients every day? With the lockdown in England, my work is ramped up. I love my job helping people, especially when I know I'm helping them feel better through a turbulent time like this. But when I give so much energy out every day, I have very little left for myself. So I end up crawling into a hole trying to recover and my exercise goes out the window. Food isn't a problem. I still eat well. I literally don't want to move at all think sloth not sure if i need tough love or a genuine rest help
0: oh so do you know what my first suggestion would be what you've already done which is to find your own coach like you're here for your own reasons as opposed to like that is quite exhausting when you're giving so much to all of your clients and then there's no one there to support you for your goals so i think what you've done already which is like outsource your own training to someone else perfect like that would be my first step um I do think that especially the last week it's been hard and I think it's a combination of it now being absolutely freezing and it like it being really dark and obviously locked down like there are there is a lot going on so cut yourself some slack yep but also and I feel like I say this quite a lot at the moment but I try and make Like the hardest days, the ones where I get like most motivated for, because I tell myself that those are the days that are going to get me results, and the days that like I know that she loves exercise, like it's part of what she does and who she is. So the days that you want to exercise, that's easy, like you know, it's it's almost just like you. It would be harder for you not to exercise on those days. But the days that you don't want to do it, those are the days that count. And if you sort of give yourself a bit of a pep talk like that and say, you know what, on the days where I want to stay in bed all day, those are the days that are going to count towards my results, really. So I'm going to get my ass out and I'm going to get going. And I won't lie, like it's not always easy. And I think it's a complete myth that people think that they're motivated all the time. But one thing I will say is faking it actually helps. So like if I I have a I guess I have a bit of pressure to turn up every day on here on social media in a positive mood, motivated to do stuff and helping motivate other people to do stuff. Even if I don't really feel like that, if I have to put on the facade of feeling that, it actually kind of makes you feel that. Does that make sense?
1: No, like, totally. It's, and it's actually the age there's, old...
0: there's even evidence to show that if you smile, even if you. Fake a smile; it actually makes you happier.
1: Yeah, it's the it's the age old you in any job you leave your problems at the door, like you don't take them to work with you, um, and it's exactly the same for this. I think the biggest thing for that I would give up on this one, you're like your points are absolutely perfect. Like you've nailed that really nicely. But one of the things that I was told when I was doing my PT qualification, so I had a guy who was like sort of he did my level three and stuff and ended up doing a bit of mentorship with me. Like a guy who was called Martin, he's fantastic lad. So he gave me two fantastic tip bits of knowledge. Uh number one, you don't shag your clients that just causes confusion
0: Whoopsie. But, <laughs> no, so,
1: joking. 20 years on that's why done. I
0: had to move to online coaching.
1: <laughs> but wait a minute, Tinder's online. So that doesn't work. <laughs> um, and number two was with your own training, you put that into your diary first and I have kept to that ever since. And I've been doing this for 20 years now, over 20 years. I have done that every single day. My training is the first thing in my diary for that week. And I will not change it for anybody. That is my training time that is my switch off time. It's my time just to relax my head um and that's what you know that at the end of the day you this is what we do. You want to enjoy your training you want to be able to have time for you, and that is time for you so putting that into your diary before anything else. And I know it sounds, you know, it's easy for me to say twenty years down the line with a full client data, client roster and stuff, but you'll thank yourself for it if you can get that in and start being stubborn about it and making sure that you give yourself time, you know. And the beauty of this group is, is that like you know, if things like that, you know, if you manage to put the facade on for the day and you're you've managed to do it, you can unload on the group and just say, look, guys, you know, there's so many people put up posts saying, look, I've had a really shit day. I don't really want it. I'm not here for sympathy. I just want to unload it and vent it. And that's out in there. And then I can deal with it from there. And that's the beauty of having, as you say, like, a, you know, i um, hiring a coach. You can vent to them, you know, having a group like this, where you can just put your thoughts down and just say, you know, I've had an absolute shit of a day. I just want to put it down because it means that I can write it out, put it out there. And then I can just, that box is now closed. You know, it's a great way of being able to do it. But yeah, I think, um, I think that's always a good way of doing stuff as well
0: yeah brilliant point and in many ways you're just practicing what you preach there because we're always telling clients okay you know we all we need you to do is fit in three workouts a week so put them in your diary they are important yeah. but then for us to turn around and be like but we don't do that <laughs> we just we just skip ours if we want so it, it's kind of like yeah practice what you preach a bit um yeah. and i think i've seen this quite a lot actually in the group where someone's like oh I had a really crap day this this and this happened but I still got my steps in and I did a workout and by the end of the post that like, you can even tell that that you're so much more positive from doing that and from realizing you've still ticked off those boxes so even if everything's gone wrong at work and we're about to go back into lockdown and you're worried about x y and z you've still managed to you know tick off these boxes and get closer to your goals and that make that will make you feel good
1: yes good i like that question um allison uh, hi i listened to your fitness and unfiltered podcast on the, the m word this week which was brilliant and inspiring but at the same time i'm a bit depressed about the inevitability of my body shifting how and where it stores fat i'm 53 my period stopped over two years ago so definitely going through the menopause problem is i still train the way i did when i first fell in love with weight training in my mid 40s should i train differently and is uh, is it unrealistic to have similar goals to those i aspired to 10 years ago i know i'm a male and i this is something that i'll never have to deal with but don't ever change the way you train (laughs) if you like i mean
0: we don't know how she's training
1: (laughs) yeah it depends who you're training but yeah but no
0: you don't like if you're already (laughs) resistance training it's even more important to be doing that. And the yeah. other thing is, don't like, yeah. You probably will, to some extent, change where you're storing body fat. See if you like already postmenopausal and you've not noticed it. Like, don't think that that's just going to jump out at you. Not not everyone responds the same way. And I have postmenopausal women who have banging bodies, like insane, and really very little abdominal fat. Which is tends yeah. to be what happens is that we saw more fat round our middle. Um, so I wouldn't worry about, it, especially if it's not even happened to you. Like, don't worry about something that's not happened.
1: Yeah, it's it's something. It's it's obviously easy for me to say being a bloke, but again, it, I'd probably go back to the thought of you know, don't don't be don't be so hard on yourself. Like it's something that's going to happen, and something that you can't control. But what you can control is making sure your training's good, making sure your diet's good and getting the tick in the boxes that you can control, they're the biggest biggest things that you can do.
0: Yeah, agreed. And also just to sort of jump in there again, if you are on HRT, you will experience less of that change in body fat uh, redistribution. There you go.
1: Um... Did you? Was it? Was it Holly's question that you answered about low carbs?
0: No. Oh. Oh. Maybe. Yeah. 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 She sent it in and the, the check-in as well. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah and the wristwatch watch and the discrepancies on the wristwatch. watch. I think we did that one already. Um, Catherine Middleton. Here's some weird ones for you. Home working space saving workout. I just ordered a skipping rope and skipping rope mat to protect my knees. Why are you skipping on your knees? You should be skipping on your feet. <laughs> i'd be saying that's the skipper rope match to protect your floor um any suggestions for good routine or exercises beyond just going for as long as you can
0: what i was skipping
1: Irish? yeah skipping Tabatha, time, yeah intervals. like
0: put a timer on so you're doing like yeah rounds of a minute or rounds of 30 seconds or and it also probably depends how good you are at skipping Like i'm not very good so you might want to work up on that as well like yeah can you get 10 in a row or can you get 100 in a row or do you want to learn how to do double unders
1: exactly i'm actually gonna to have to google the next bit um irish sea moss thoughts what sea moss irish sea moss can be consumed in food and applied directly to the skin as soon as i heard applied is directly to the skin i'm probably guessing that this isn't got no benefit whatsoever um both can have extremely positive health outcomes. Can range from boosting your immune system, improving your digestion, and pre- potentially fighting premature skin aging.
0: Sounds like. Fun.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'll be honest with you. Um, I probably wouldn't spend your money on it. Um, yeah, a, a lot of this, a lot of the stuff is organic hand harvested Irish sea moss, which to me sounds like scam type pile of crap yeah. so yeah um, just probably best to put capital letters avoid
0: it's um, a super food, which rings yeah. alarm bells to me it might um, be quite high in like antioxidants or something
1: yeah um yeah um and then the last part of this question is it actually possible to reduce cellulite some is inevitable and yes we should be body confident etc etc but science
0: um yes it is Uh, can you eradicate it no probably not but more to the point like if you have more body fat and thus more fat pushing up at your skin then cellulite will appear more 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 prominently Yeah. yeah as you lose body fat then that reduces so you can't see as much of it. So it'll still be there, but it won't be as prominent. But that's yep. basically the long and short of it is that the the effect of um cellulite is because fat tissue is pushing up against um skin tissue connection. Yeah. I'm not well, very good with I words thought. today. And anyway, do you
1: remember, that- remember Power Plate used to, Their Power Plate's claim was that oh, it, it helped cellulite.
0: cellulite. Yeah, of course.
1: Cool. Yeah. The, re- the reason that it helped with cellulite was because of blood circulation. So the blood circulated towards the skin because obviously the vibration pulls the blood towards the skin because it's movement, and the body fat isn't touching the skin, so the cellulite looks like it's reduced. It actually isn't. It's just stopped it from being as close to the skin. Oh. So yes, yeah.
0: hmm. there you go. Interesting, um, but yeah, you can reduce the appearance of cellulite.
1: Yeah, sure. yeah. Uh, Laura, I, I know you've talked about creatine a lot, and the fact there's lots of research about it. I was just wondering if there are any negative side effects of long-term creatine use. Um,
0: this is probably so. Now and again, someone will have a bad effect, uh, side effects of creatine. No real reason why. Like there's just that's just the case of taking anything. Like, for example, in fact, I was speaking about vaccines to someone yesterday and, you know, obviously there's this big thing about, like, if people are going to take vaccines or not and they're worried about side effects and et cetera, et cetera. And, like, how has this been pushed through so quickly when usually it takes way longer to develop a vaccine? And I I actually saw a really good tweet on that that was like, Yeah, usually it takes longer because if anyone's ever worked in science or knows how long it takes to publish things, like the tweet was basically saying, do you know what we spend most of those X years doing that it normally takes to develop a vaccine? Nothing. Like waiting for ethical approval or waiting for something else to happen or waiting for someone else. Like it's not, it's the process that takes a long time, not necessarily the biology that takes a long time to figure out. But anyway, what was I talking about? Oh, yeah. So the vaccine, how was that related to what we were talking about?
1: Creatine. Long-term side effects. Oh, yeah.
0: Side effects. So I I imagine that some people will have a side effect to the vaccine just because if everyone takes something, some people are going to react. For example, most people can eat peanuts and absolutely nothing happens. But there will be people who have an immune response to that who are allergic to peanuts and the same will probably happen with the vaccine there will be people that respond in a way that we weren't expecting yeah and same with creatine and basically anything like yeah. even if you look at most people can eat bread okay but there will still be some people that respond badly to that because they're celiac
1: yeah Yep. Yeah, perfect yeah the, the creatine stuff is yeah, it's. It's it's very well researched. I think the worst things that I've seen are that if you so if you overload it, obviously you pee like a racehorse. That's probably. Mm.
0: But I've never uh, had a client who badly responded badly. I think that I've had one who thought that was what she was responding badly to, but I don't think it was. Yeah.
1: That was it. Yeah. That's it. Uh, Jenny has uh, asked. I started taking creatine about two weeks ago. Should I assume this would add some water retention weight or not? depends depends on the person unfortunately some people get water retention some people don't it's just it's the luck of the draw unfortunately which Um, is
0: interesting because actually that adds to i've just done jenny's check-in and she's stayed the same weight
1: so she potentially will be and i'm not sure
0: if but she also did go over her calories so (laughs) it could be either um but yeah yeah
1: interesting um the second part, of another second bit of the question, why are my split squats a bit wobbly? Just balance, not used to the exercise, or maybe my stance should be improved. Number one, split squats. I always like to put split squats with somebody with you holding on to something. Balance is not the issue, unless you're an athlete who that balance needs to be part of your sport. If you're purely doing it for building muscle legs, you don't need to be balanced up and do it freestanding you can use something to hold on to squat rack I, I i'll put my video up i did a I popped a video up on my stuff earlier this week from doing split squats and i set the squat rack up slightly differently than i normally would and it worked really nicely so i'll pop that up later on um things like lunges and split squats because your feet are lined up if you have your feet too narrow lined up the chances are your balance is going to go over because obviously the weight distributes differently. So you want to be slightly hip width apart with your squats, your split squats and your lunges and a slight, it's not a cheat as such, but a little tip with your front foot, turn your foot slightly in because your big toe, which is obviously balance wise grips better. and It doesn't affect the angle, the trajectory of the knee, but it allows you to have a little bit more balance Um but yeah it might also be as well remember if you've not done split squats before your muscles might be just coming accustomed to the movement so it could well be that too
0: yeah the only thing i would add to that because i see this all the time with people doing split squats is they try and do them too fast yeah so go slow also don't be afraid to like pause between reps so you do it and then you come back up to the top you reset yourself
1: shite bag if you didn't because that'll burn like hell <laughs> yeah.
0: you but you'll reset yourself and you'll go again as opposed to just like trying to get the reps done as quickly as possible and that's often when you go off balance let's make Um, this the last uh question then we come back to the rest on uh sunday
1: cool so um nina uh, what would you define as achieving maintenance weight is there a range eg swing of kilogram of weight either side of what you want to stay around or am i overthinking this Possibly a hangover from Slimming World days, where you could go three pounds either side of your target weight without paying. Yeah, I think that sounds like a hangover from Slimming Ooh, World
0: without um, paying.
1: Paying what? Did you have to pay a fine?
0: <laughs> Did you get money back if you were under your target weight? Oh, oh yeah. Tell us more about that. But. Um, yeah. This is very individual as well. It kind of comes back to the first question we had about weight fluctuations. Some people won't fluctuate much at all. And so for them, fluctuating more than a pound would probably mean that they've, they're have they not at maintenance. Whereas some yep. people will fluctuate six pounds in a week and be at maintenance. And then yep. there'll also be weeks, especially for females, where they will fluctuate more than other weeks. It's it, Yeah, it's definitely overthinking it. Don't worry too much about it. I normally have a bit of a range in my head, but but only because I know my own body where I know where I'm sitting. So if I do go up, and it's less about the going up like six pounds or below three pounds or whatever. It's less about the number, but more about the duration of that time. So if I went up six pounds tomorrow, I'd probably think nothing of it because, I mean, it'd be a bit strange, but I'd be like, well, I've not overeaten by yeah. Fifty thousand calories, so it's definitely not fat. Whereas, if over the next month I increased by six pounds, I'd be like, mm, "Okay, that is fat, actually, or at least a large proportion yeah. of it is fat." So it's more the duration, and again, looking at it as averages. So let's say that your weekly average, not not was X weight, like you probably want to look at that your your weight over the month, as opposed to your fluctuating weight day to day. Excellent. Alright, thank you all. Have a lovely oh, weekend, good. everyone. I'm gonna come back on on Sunday. Um, you'll be getting on with check-ins. I've just got my check-ins as well. Yeah, nice. if anyone hasn't got any, just tag me and I will make sure that you get your check-in.
1: Yeah, or you can, rather than bouncing emma you can always tag me and i can give you the link for my stuff as well
0: yes if i'm digital coach okay All that's good. a love
1: Ciao, ciao.